First up, though, let's get into beer. We are well into the fall season, and Michigan breweries are ready with a slew of beers perfect for the season. The Detroit Free Press's Brian Manzullo uh, reports on Michigan's craft beer and spirits community. Culture Shift's Amanda LeClaire spoke with Manzullo about what to add to your drinking list this season and the changes that lie ahead for the state's brewing industry. One of the terms I've heard from um, uh, craft beer uh, enthusiasts and, and people who are in the industry over the, over the past summer has been that craft beer is sort of at an inflection point. We're seeing a lot of breweries either merging, closing, or opening. Um, it, it's sort of a very volatile time in this business. Um, Michigan has grown about, I want to say, more than 100 breweries over the past few years. I want to say maybe five years. And we're, we're certainly not going to see 100 breweries open up over the next five years. I think the, the momentum is sort of slowing. And, um, and, and we're starting to see other trends pop up, like hard seltzers, for example, and lighter beers, um, folks who are getting into more of the low-carb, the low-calorie um, options that are out there. So that's really adding – what that's doing, it's adding a lot of choices and options out there for people to drink. I mean, there's still, like, wine and cocktails that people certainly haven't stopped loving. So – um, th- so craft beer is really just trying to find its place in all of that. It's certainly still going to be a huge uh, part of the market. And, and we're seeing some breweries like Founders, for example, that sold uh, 90% of its stake to Mahu San Miguel, which is out in, uh, out in Spain. So uh, what that is meant to do is weather the storm that's happening in craft beer right now. And so we're seeing some um, interesting trends coming, coming out of that. And you mentioned uh, Canadian Breakfast Stout, which is, is an interesting one because that happens to be the top-rated beer, according to Beer Advocate, coming out of coming out of Founders. So uh, for them to announce that they're not going to make any more of that in the near future after this year is, is certainly interesting. I, I would not expect that that's a last we'll see of Canadian Breakfast Stout because it's just so popular. It's so good. Uh, I can't imagine a brewery that has grown as large as Founders to, to just get rid of that and just be done with it forever. So we could see that down the road in several years, but I think this is the last, last batch that we're going to see of it. But at least we're going to get 12-ounce bottles of it, which is something that people have been asking for for the past couple of years. Now, you also mentioned uh, the the rise in hard seltzers and uh, beverages like White Claw. There is a Detroit brewery, Atwater, that over the past summer announced its answer to White Claw. Yeah, yeah. And, and they have three flavors. They have mango, cherry, and lime. And, and I just stopped at their brewery recently to try them, and they're pretty good. And and yeah, we're going to start to see more breweries kind of enter that uh, segment of the realm. And I think a big part of that is to be more inclusive to anyone who's coming to a craft brewery and looking for something a little bit different, something lighter, something refreshing. Part of the part of the reason why hard seltzer really became so popular over the was because it was over the summer is because people were looking for refreshing options and it was lighter. You could crush five of them and you'd still be. I mean, you'd probably be buzzed, but it wouldn't be as filling as a craft beer would be. So. Um, we're going to see more breweries start to enter that, and I think we've already seen that. Shorts has a hard seltzer out, the tropical hard seltzer that they have. Um, Griffin Claw has one here in Birmingham, and uh, over on the west side of the state, some more breweries out there are starting to try hard seltzers. Grand Rapids Brewing Company, for example, for those who are in, the, in that brewery scene, uh, there's a hard seltzer available there as well. And, and I think we're going to see more and more breweries start to pick this up. I certainly don't think hard seltzer is a fad that's going to go away anytime soon. 
Right on. You mentioned a lot of changes that are happening to the to local breweries, and and over the summer there was a a, a big announcement in Ferndale. Axel Brewing uh, would be closing, and then yeah. was acquired by Eastern Market Brewing. That's a that's going to be a big change for that location. Yeah, and, it, and to me, it's encouraging. It's nice to see that that location. I, I know it's a little bit off the beaten path in Ferndale. Um, it's right down Livernoy, right in the middle, seemingly in the middle of a neighborhood. But uh, every time I had been there, it's been packed full of people, and the beer was very good every time I went. But uh, but yeah, Eastern Market Brewing Company is a really interesting one. That seems to be Detroit's fastest growing brewery. And over the past year, they made a lot of strides in increasing the beer quality and, and the popularity there um, in a prime location in Eastern Market. And they're going to be expanding, uh, tripling their production up in Ferndale. They're going to have a different identity. It's not going to be Eastern Market in that location, but they're going to have something that's very uniquely Ferndale uh, something that hopefully connects better with the local community. And I think that's what's important is that craft breweries start to not just make great beer and have have a good atmosphere and environment for people to enjoy as they come in, but also to have some sort of identity with the community that they're in because that that sort of relationship developing is something that craft breweries, in this inflection point that I mentioned earlier, that's going to be really important for them. They're going to need to connect well with the community and really um, whether it's through events, whether it's through uh, fundraisers, things of that nature, uh, but the, the the breweries that are the size of Eastern Market, the size that Axel used to be, are they need to really develop that relationship if they're gonna if they're gonna survive this uh, this uh, volatile time. Well, we are into October now, and fall is an amazing time for local beers and for craft beer. And, and Michigan is no different to that. So you recently wrote an article about how Shorts Brewing is teaming up to make an IPA with all Michigan ingredients. Why is this the first time that that's happened? Yeah, it's it's certainly interesting. I mean, this is um, I mean, a lot of breweries they they derive their hops from other areas outside of Michigan, for example, and their ingredients from outside of Michigan. I, I can't imagine that. I mean, Michigan is certainly a, a big home for hops too, as well. So I, I, I would have to really look into to see whether it's exactly like the first beer to make a hundred percent Michigan ingredients. But um, but yeah, it's certainly interesting to see what's uh, what's happening with that. Um, you know, it's a, it's a. They they mentioned that this beer. I haven't tried it yet. It hasn't been, it hasn't gotten down to Detroit at this particular time, but uh, I'm sure it will shortly. But, uh, but this beer is going to be going to have some fruity esters to it, some pine, some uh, some honey notes to it. So it's certainly. I, I think the ABV on it was something about five and a half, five point seven percent. So it's certainly going to appeal to craft beer enthusiasts and casual drinkers alike. It won't be too strong. Um, for perspective, two hundred ale is seven percent. So. Um, so that, so that should be pretty good, but I think this, this really is the best time of year for beers of the fall beer season, because this is when the brown ales start to come out. This is when the barrel aged stouts start to come out. Um, we just talked about CBS earlier. We're also going to see, um, uh, for example, the, um, the dragon's milk oatmeal cookie from new Holland is a big one. Uh, Odd side has a couple of, uh, browns and stouts that they're going to come out with. The hazel's nuts is certainly popular. The hazelnut beer that they have. Uh, there's the uh, there's also the best brown ale from Bell's Brewery. There's there's pumpkin beers that people really get into. The screaming pumpkin from Griffin Claw is a really good example of that. Uh, even some of the smaller breweries use, use this time of year to come out with their with their uh, stout series, like the Gravity series out of Ellison and uh, in the Lansing area. That's a really good stout series if you're ever ever near there. The uh, Deleterious from Odd Side is another really good one. So, I mean, no matter where you go in this state, I think you're going to find some really good barrel-aged stouts and brown ales. 
just about everywhere. This is a perfect time as the weather's getting cooler to drink something that's a little heartier and a little stronger and be able to sip on it through the evening hours. Yeah, a lot of big flavors, a lot of complex beers coming out. Okay, so you just named a, a lot of different. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah. My, my point there is just simply to say there are a lot of options out there, and no matter what craft beer is going through right now, there is no shortage of options no matter what kind of beer you like. So for you, your top three newest fall beers in Michigan. Ooh, all right, so... The one I really love is out of Founders. It's the Underground Mountain Brown. Uh, this is one of their Barrel Aid series beers that they came out with. It actually came out in August, but it's still available. It's a it's a brown ale filled with coffee beans. Um, it's it's really um, heavy on the coffee. It's, it's, even some of the chocolate, like the vanilla uh, oak from the bourbon from the bourbon barrels. It's it's a it's eleven percent beer, so it's very strong. It's really good though. It's a it's really it for anybody who likes coffee beers. That's something that they're going to love for sure. Um, I would also, while we're talking about coffee beers, I, I do want to mention the Electron Brown from Old Nation is tremendous as well. That that one's a little bit heavier on the coffee, not quite as strong on the ABV, but it's it's a really good beer if you're able to get it in cans. I uh, highly recommend that one. I, I would say the Hazel's Nuts from Oddside is also tremendous If for those who like hazelnut beers. Uh, Oddside, I think, is doing some really good things with stouts uh, lately. The hipster brunch stout that you might find in stores now, or sometimes on tap, is a really good one. That that that's actually brewed with bacon, which is really interesting. It gives it some added smokiness to it. Uh, that's one of my all-time favorite beers, and that's one you might start to see prop up a little bit here. But to to get away from stouts for one moment, uh, the uh, you'll start to see some wet hopped uh, IPAs as well, like the uh, the Harvest Dale out of Founders is a uh, is a really fresh beer. You just got to make sure you check the date on it and make sure that it's fresh. Uh, I would I would recommend drinking that within one or two months to ensure that it's as fresh as possible. Yeah, and speaking of, of fall beers, uh, Jolly Pumpkin has just recently released their first pumpkin beer. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I, um, I'm i not as, quite as familiar with Jolly Pumpkin's uh, beers. I know they do a lot of farm, farmhouse sales and sours, which sours is kind of one of my... Um, one of my weak points at this particular moment because it's really difficult for me to get into them but they're very those are very popular and i think uh as we're talking about trends uh jolly pumpkin certainly makes the kinds of beers that people are gravitating toward the sours the fruitiers the the type of beers so um we'll definitely have to try that one (laughs) 